My friend, your role as a father is critical. You are so important. Three nuggets from the conversation today are one, your daughter and dating, two, communication with your daughter, and three, how to show up for your daughter when she starts her period. Welcome to Fatherhood Field Notes Podcast, where I interview incredible fathers, gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 11 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 20th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it, and I'm working daily to rebel against low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. This episode is brought to you by The Adventure of Fatherhood, helping men discover their powerful fatherhood role and build their fatherhood skills. The role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, find joy and have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is my lovely daughter, my eldest, Brooklyn, and I'm so filled with joy from our conversation, the fact that we could sit and just talk for an hour. Enjoy meeting my daughter. Okay, so check it, you guys. Today, I am interviewing my lovely daughter, Brooklyn, 17 years old, halfway through her senior year. And we wanted to talk about the connection between father and daughter. So right off the gate, Brooke, how are you feeling halfway through your senior year compared to how you felt like entering your senior year? I think I'm even more excited than when I enter just because I'm getting closer and closer to graduating. And I'm also getting more nervous, I think, as I'm going. So what are you most nervous about? I'm nervous about hearing back from colleges because that's what's going to be happening all semester long and then actually moving in the fall. How do you feel about making a decision about college? Also very nervous because I have two very high contenders. And so deciding is going to be hard. Deciding which one to go to? Yeah. Okay. What's the deciding factors for you? Where it is, the location, how long the flight is back home. And if I get scholarships, what the scholarships look like and how much money and what it's going to look like finding a job in that area as well. Yeah. Okay. And then what are you most excited about? I'm excited for the new chapter and the adventure and the new people I'm going to get to meet and the opportunities I'm going to have when I do move. And also the last semester of high school, all of the fun events and things that I'm going to get to do. Love it. Okay. Now what we're talking about is father-daughter connection. And so first off, I want to ask you, what do you think makes a great relationship? So while you ponder that, I'm going to give something. So what you think, what makes a great relationship? You know, one of the things that we've said to Brooklyn regularly over the years is like, this is the first time we've done this, right? Mm -hmm. So when you turn 13 or when you turn 10 or when you're going to drive a car or when you're going to get a cell phone or all these things not only our firsts for you, but as parents, they're firsts for us. And so we would openly talk about like, hey, we're probably not going to do this perfectly. We're probably going to struggle through it. And like, you're our guinea pig Mm -hmm. on some of the things for other kids. But then also as a parent, you realize your siblings are different than you. So for each kid, you do things a little different. Okay. So with that being said, this is my first kid who's going to graduate high school, my first kid who wants to go to college, etc. So Now that I kind of gave that preference, give you time to think, what do you think makes a great relationship? I think what makes a great relationship between a father and daughter is definitely being like a 50-50 relationship. So both parties have to want that connection. Want a great relationship. Want that relationship. And at times it's going to be like you pushing more to want to hang out with me or me, depending on what our lives are looking like. But I think always having that push to want that relationship, it's what's going to give the good connection. And then as well, like making that set aside time to spend together just to get that connection and also having openness within the relationship, Mm -hmm. which is something we've struggled with, but we've gotten a lot better with is like, I tell you something and maybe nervous that you might react, but then you reacting in a positive way or in a guiding way is going to make a better relationship because I'm going to want to share more with you and be more open with you. So do you think that we struggled through having openness or do you think that there were moments where you were learning what you can say to me and how I'll respond? I think there were moments where we were both learning how to respond and how we could, how I could come to you and say things. Yeah. I mean, we just had one recently. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what do I think makes a great relationship? I agree. I think openness, honesty, transparency, Mm -hmm. 
trusting that you can say something and that you have the best person's interest in mind, right? Mm -hmm. And then finding that balance of, not balance, but finding like being friends, but also I'm your dad. Right. And then knowing there's certain things I can't tell you. And then there's certain things that you're going to need to talk to your mom or your sisters about. What's one thing that I've said about you and your siblings? I think that's important. Like if you're going to have... If you have anybody, talk to your siblings about things. Yep. And then also, am I okay with you having secrets with your siblings? No. You don't think so? I don't know. I mean, it depends. Like, I think that, I mean, yes, but depends on what. Well, like if somebody's getting hurt or something like that, obviously not. But I want you and your siblings to not, one, I've said, I don't want you to rat out on each other. Right. That's true. So yeah. Yeah. Is I want you guys to be able to trust that you can share things as long as someone's not getting hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. I need that to be a a bond that you guys have because there's certain things that I just know I won't be able to provide. But I'd rather you go to a sibling and create that long lasting relationship than somebody outside the home. Yeah. Right. Okay. So what makes a great relationship? Great. Okay. So for me, a pivotal moment was us establishing a good relationship was in eighth grade. Middle school is super hard for kids. Talk about that. Why is middle school hard? You're just learning so much about yourself and you're learning more about yourself outside of your parents a little bit and Mm -hmm. figure out who you are and what people you're going to hang out with for the next, what, like eight years Mm -hmm. with middle school and high school and just kind of learning what you're into, what you're not. And it's a trial and error thing. So I think it's a big transition phase for a lot of people. Yeah. And you're going from being a kid and liking kid things to like, all of a sudden, you're supposed to be a bigger kid now. Right. Like you're supposed to be a teenager, but you're actually not old enough to do those things but you're not a kid like you don't want to go play with your toys so it's like finding that like what do you do with yourself yeah it's so sad I remember I was on the phone I was probably sixth grade fifth or sixth grade and I remember where I was standing in my parents house by the window the phone was right here the tall window and my best friend lived across the street and I called him I'm like hey do you want to go outside and play Mm -hmm. and he said we don't play anymore we hang out it was terrible. So sad. But he had an older brother. I was the oldest. Right. So, so his older brother too. probably teased him like, oh, you're just a kid going out and playing. Mm-hmm. So then he was like, oh, we don't play. We hang out. But I remember that moment feeling like I don't want to be a silly little kid. I yeah. want to be cool and older. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's this moment for you and I where I picked you up from Christian summer camp. I could tell something was off. I could just tell. Summer of seventh to eighth grade, I could tell something was off. I asked you, what's up? What's up? Is everything good? Is everything true? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could tell. Like, I feel like we've always had that kind of connection yeah, where yeah. I could tell. And so even to your mom, I'm like, dude, something's off, something's off. And she's like, you are being crazy, right? Really? Yeah. I was standing on one side of the bed. Mom was standing on the other. She's like, you're out of your mind. I went in your room and I told myself, whatever whatever it is, I'm going to respond appropriately. Mm -hmm. Because if I freak out, then you'll never tell me anything again. Right. Okay. So I remember my side was, Hey, I know something happened. I'm going to (laughs) find out no matter what. So you might as well just tell me and I'll be cool about it. Mm -hmm. And then you told me, kissed a boy at camp. And it was just, it was like a silly thing. Everyone kind of like was goofing around. It wasn't a big deal. I feel like I responded well. Yeah. And we had a conversation about it, you, me, and mom in the room I mean, for a long time. Still got time. in trouble. Still had my phone did taken. You, I got my phone taken away. You did? Yeah. Well, no, I already had it taken away. But I think that it was just for the lying, though. Right? For, right. Oh, it wasn't honest. for kissing the boy. Yeah, I would have yeah. just said it. You would have been like, whatever. Probably. Well, not whatever. But, but I was that be a in great, trouble. Yeah, you wouldn't have been in trouble. But was that a great I choice? I remember why I had my phone taken away, but I didn't have it the whole trip. Maybe it was just for camp. I don't know. I don't know. I did. So from your perspective, to me, that was a pivotal moment of showing you that you could tell me something without me overreacting. Mm -hmm. When you think back to that experience, what do you think back to? That was my moment where I was like, okay, if I actually just tell them, even if I know that what I did wasn't the smartest choice, it's going to be better than lying about it because I dealt with what it was like to lie about it and Mm -hmm. knew the consequences. But when you reacted didn't get me in trouble for the act of what I had done. I realized that like, okay, if I just am open and honest about it, like I'm, it's going to be fine. Yeah. It's something we can work through. And I think that's what we want is for you to be able to talk with us. And I mm-hmm. think the got dads listening, those middle school years are critical to create those moments. But again, 
what I wrote down here in relationship is growth. So in a relationship, mm-hmm. there's growth. And you and I even had a moment maybe two weeks ago where I asked you a question and your initial response was not the truth. Right. And in that, I was like, hmm, this doesn't feel right because I could feel like a disconnect between you and I. Mm-hmm. And so then I reframed it to you and I'm like, okay, so this is what you're telling me, but this is what I think it is. Which one is it? The outcome's the same. We're going to have right. a conversation. And so in sitting there, then you're like, actually, <laughs> actually, it's men. Yeah. Yeah. But talk about that because I think a lot of kids, their initial response is protective mode. Right. You want to put up a wall and not talk about it. Right. So you're just like, oh, no, it was this. I think I do that too, but catching ourselves. So then in that moment, what was the conversation we had after? Like, no need to lie. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal. And then where else is this showing up? Where else are you seeing that you're automatically kind of? Yeah. Where else are you seeing that yourself put up that wall and that protective mode and not telling the truth? Yeah. Even in little things. So Mm -hmm. it was a great, it was a great moment for us to just have conversation. And I think that's ultimately, it's not so much about actions necessarily. It's about having conversation about real life stuff, right? right? And now you're 17. And that's the one of the things mom and I talk about is you're about to go to college. Mm -hmm. So we want to, we want you to have experiences and then talk about them with us. Yeah. Another thing that I asked if you were okay to talk about, I think a lot of dads struggle with this is like when a girl starts her period and I didn't have a sister, Mm -hmm. right? I, I had a brother. And so a lot of, you know, I have four daughters now. So a lot of these things were foreign, but coming into it, I wanted to be open and available. So in your perspective, how did I handle that? How could I have done it differently or how could a dad do it? I think you did great. You never made it taboo. You Mm -hmm. never made it something that like I could only talk to mom about. And mom was the only one who knew that it happened. And you never even knew that I got my period. Mm -hmm. Like it was never like that. It was always like you were cool about it. You'd go to the store when I needed you too. You would get me things when I needed it. And it wasn't like you were embarrassed to do that or you were like, no, like I'm a man. I'm not going to do that. It never was like that. It was made normal. So mm-hmm. now I've noticed I don't have problems with people pulling out a tampon in class and going to the bathroom. Like a lot of girls will bring their whole bag with them because they don't want people to know. And I'm like, but I grew up in a household where it's not something to hide. It's not something to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Every girl deals with it. There's not a single girl that doesn't ever have to deal with it. Yeah, I remember the day you told me because I knew it was, we knew it was coming, right? Mm -hmm. I think around 10 years old, I took you on a hike and gave you a pocket knife. And I was like, yo, I know your body's going to be changing. There's going to be things you only talk to mom about. Mm -hmm. But I want you to talk with me about it if you want to. Mm -hmm. It's totally up to you. So I kind of gave you the freedom and the choice. And so then I remember at our house in Auburn Mm -hmm. and you coming up and telling me, dad, you know, and it was more like, oh, sad for you yeah but also for you at that age I was stoked you're stoked you're like I'm entering into like this new chapter of life Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things we did too is when our daughter started their period that no matter what was going on mom would take you to do like a spa day or a hotel Hotel, day yeah and just kind of celebrate this is a little bit of a Mm -hmm. rite of passage okay yeah so dads I think just make it normal it's not a big deal just talk about it Okay, we did have a big transition in moving to Hawaii, and it was already a lot. COVID happened, you're in high school, you had a great high school you were at, you had a great year at your school. And so moving, one of the things I think is hard for parents is helping their kid make choices. Mm -hmm. So if I think I know best, like, hey, you need to go, here's the story. I think you need to go to the Christian high school. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, I don't want to. I want to go to the public school. Yeah. And if I would have forced you to go to the Christian school, you wouldn't have gotten the same experience. Right. So from your perspective, talk about being a teenager and your parents letting you make a choice such as where you're going to go to school. Yeah. I mean, I went to Christian school back in California and I'd gone for three years. When we had the transition to moving, I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to go to public school. Mm-hmm. And get that high school experience that I would think of with a big school, big events, football team, all the things. So I talked to my parents and I told them like, I want to go to a public school. And you guys were like, okay, we'll do like, that's fine. But we did have a little bit of like conversation, conversation, but in the end it was like, you guys let me make that decision. Father's quick interruption here. Do you struggle with the sense that you are not stepping into the fullness of your role as a father? Do you regularly wrestle with feeling inadequate as a father? 
I would love to connect and encourage you over a one-on-one Zoom call. You can grab a time with me at www.rebelandcreate.com forward slash connect. Take a few minutes to talk life, fatherhood, and I will share several resources that will support you on your adventure of fatherhood. Now back to the conversation. So I've started, I played volleyball there. I went to school for a semester. It was also during COVID, so it was a lot harder. It was a lot of obstacles to jump through going there and playing sports there. And it just was not the experience that I was hoping for. I had a really hard time making friends. All my friends I did make were seniors. So like any senior, they didn't come to school every day. Right. I didn't have the same classes as them. And so I had a really hard time with making connections with people and making friends. It just was not what I want expected it to be. There weren't dances. There weren't spirit weeks. Right. And even if there was like there was a spirit day, but nobody dressed up, nobody participated. And it wasn't what I had imagined. What a school in California was like here. It's a lot different in like what people want to participate in and not and all of that. Sports there was great for me. Once I got through all of the obstacles of COVID stuff, it was great. But other than that, it was really hard for me. So I had just started back school second semester and it was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I like remember it specifically because it was a three day weekend. And I remember I walked up to you, we were somewhere and I walked up to you and mom and I was like, I'm not going back. I'm just not going back. We like talked about it and whatever, but I was very adamant. Like, I'm not going back. Why didn't you want to go back? I was not in a good place mentally when I was there. I thought that if I moved online it would help me to make connections with maybe people at church or give me more time to do other things. And I would get scared to go to school because Mm. I was like, who am I going to sit with? Who am I going to talk to? Are my friends going to be here today? What am I going to do in this class? Because we had to pick our seats and I'm, what am I going to do? Sit by myself in the corner, like whatever. So then mom and I went to the school and we got me set up online. And then I did online and got a job and it was okay. I mean, it was hard. I didn't end up finishing. I dropped three of my classes. I only did my four core classes and I barely finished them. I didn't finish them till the last possible second in July, but I got it finished. And then after that, I was like, that can't happen again because if I continue on doing online, I'm not going to finish high school. I'm not going to have the motivation because I also got a job. So all I wanted to do was go work. Yeah. Because also at work, you were treated like, I mean, you were a leader at work. And I was friends with my coworkers and I enjoyed it. And yeah, and I felt important there. Mm-hmm. So all I wanted to do, because also it was my first job, I was making money. I was getting to order things on Amazon every day and do whatever. So I was like, this is great. So I was like, cool, I'm just going to work. But then I wasn't ever doing my school. Right. Hence why it took me so long to finish it. So then I was like, this isn't going to work. And then I met Isla, who introduced me to Audrey. And Audrey went to the Christian school here and I became best friends with her immediately. And so I was like, okay, if she, cause I was going to try the other public high school, but she went to the Christian school and I was like, okay, like she loves it there. She'd be there. So I already know I'd have a good friend there. And she has a great friend group that she talks about and that she was like, they'll love you. Like you could become friends with them. So then I was like, okay, I'm, I'll try the Christian school. Even though I'd been tainted from my other school that like right. what a Christian school looked like and whatever. And then going there was like the best decision ever. The best decision that who made? That I had to make for myself. Yeah. And so I think that this is important because as I'm hearing you say it, we're not sitting here letting every kid make every decision. No, I'm not making every decision for myself. Yeah, nor nor like one of my kids right now is asking to go to another school and I'm like, no, you're not going to school there. So you right. have to know each of your kids. Right. But on one hand, I could say if I would have just made you go to the Christian school when we moved here, I would have saved a year of your struggle. Right. But would that have helped you be the decision maker and leader that you, Brooklyn, are today for you? Not for my other kids, but for you. No, I don't think that I would have grown into the person that I am today. And I think that that year of struggle is part of my testimony and part of who I am. And it was a, it was a time that needed to happen for me. Yeah. And I think that's hard because sometimes we look at, we want to create, and I'm guilty of it too. Like I want to create perfect, safe bubble for my kids mm-hmm. to not feel pain, to feel struggle, to feel anxiety, to feel depression, et cetera. Right. And how to walk alongside to let you struggle and figure it out yourself. Right. Without abandoning you to just go like right. figure it all out. So in what ways can a parent come alongside and let you make decisions while not just me being absorbed in my work or me not caring, right? right? You knew I cared. Mm -hmm. 
I think what helped me was being there for conversations and letting things be, I have to talk things out Mm -hmm. to process things. And so being there to be able to talk things out and talk about what this would look like or what this would look like. And what if this happens and what if that happens? Like getting to talk about things really helped me process what was going to be best for me. And also let you guys give your input of what you think would be best for me and like have that conversation rather than me telling you what I want and you guys just being like, okay, or you guys telling me what you're going to make me do and me just be stuck doing it. So in the same decision-making process, how are you feeling about our input about where you go to college? I'm so thankful that you guys aren't like, I really want you to go to this school. This is a school I really want you to go to for whatever reason. Like there's a lot of parents who are like, I really want you to go to this school. So where do you think I want you to go? I think you want me to go wherever I am going to thrive the most, wherever you think that I'm going to be happiest. Though. Yep. If I were to choose for you, where do you think I would choose? Probably Utah. Okay. I think is what, what do you think? Well, I don't want to say. Well, I'm curious now. <laughs> okay. Let me ask this. One of the places you're looking at or applied to is on another island. Oh, you probably want me to go to Manoa. No, oh. I haven't pushed that at all. Right. You haven't. Why do you think I haven't pushed that at all? Because you want me to make that decision of for myself and also staying on the islands isn't going to push me to go see new things as much. I think at least that's why I'm not really thinking I'm going to go there is because it's not going to push me to go see new things and meet new and different people. Yeah. So do you think I care where you go to school? Meaning like, do I care about you? Like, yes. I'm, I'm yeah, engaged yeah. in the yeah, process. Yeah, you care about where I go to school and we talk about it every day. Yeah, but, I'm, but my opinions about where you go to school are fairly reserved. Reserved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cause I want you to make that choice. Mm-hmm. And if you ask my opinion, I'll give it to you. Right. Right. Cause I'm pretty opinionated, but on certain things I try not to influence mm-hmm. too much. Okay. Anything else on that topic? Otherwise I'm going to go to my next no. question. Okay. Another pivotal moment for me is I remember hearing Rob Bell. I was listening to his podcast a lot and he brought up this question that he would ask his kids. Is there anything I do that bothers you? And I asked you in sixth grade, is there anything I do that bothers you? And at that time, it's like, you're starting to notice boys and you're in middle school. So we'd be driving down the road. And if I saw four teenagers walking down the road, I'd pretend to roll the window down like I was going to yell at them, which would be embarrassing to you. And so that's what you told me. I don't like it when you do that. Sixth grade. And so I stopped doing it. Mm -hmm. So with that, is there anything I do now? Is there anything I do now that bothers you that you'd like me not to do? I don't really think that there is really many things that you do that I'm really like, no, like stop. Something that you've gotten a lot better at though is always needing us to all be doing something. Mm. That's something that used to bother me is I would just get home from school and work and come sit on my bed. And then I'd be like, what are you doing next? Like, are you, have you read your book today? Have you done what's going? I'm like, I literally haven't sat down in like 10 hours to just sit, but that's gotten a lot better. So really there's not. Yeah. Th- well, thanks. That's something that I'm working on continuously. Mm-hmm. Like even today's December 28th mm-hmm. and the last couple of days have been a little hard outside of my rhythm. But with that, you know, like yesterday, I was like, what are we going to do this evening? And then just by a happen chance, we decided to go to the beach. You decided to meet me over there. And then you and I had two hours of just hanging out mm-hmm. and we went and got some burritos, which is like not me, right. not really my style to go like buy dinner and then come back to the beach. And we sat there and we talked, you know, I learned some things when you want to get married, when you want to have your first kid. I already knew where you wanted to live, but those were two new things for me mm-hmm. that I learned last night. And that was that there was space for us to just talk right. and connect. Mm-hmm. I know we keep yawning. I know over, it's, 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 it's 10 a.m., 1030 in the morning. Okay, next thing. So one of the things that Sarah and I have gone back and forth on is like, we don't want to set dates for Mm -hmm. or ages. So like when you're 15, you can date or when you're 13, you get a phone. Mm -hmm. We realize every kid is different. So we wanted to be mindful of that. If it were up to me, I would have no dating at all till you move out. It would just be necessary. But for mom, she wanted you to, you know, understand relationship, connection, experience, and then be able to have mom and dad to come home to and talk about it. So Currently, you have your first, I would say, real boyfriend. Here's what I want to bring up. From your perspective, mm-hmm. a boy liked you. Mm-hmm. And the standard was that he had to text me if he wants to be texting with you. He has to ask me if he wants to date you. No. Okay, the texting thing was when I was in middle school freshman okay, year. Okay, so That's, that wasn't that didn't exist. My boyfriend did not text you. Okay, so it was if he wants to go on a date with you. 
he has to ask me, mm-hmm. right? So he had to ask me to take you on a date. And then mm-hmm. he had to ask me if, if he could ask you out. Yeah. Okay. So from your perspective, well, is that too much? Is that, how did that feel? And I think this is helpful for dads from the daughter's perspective. I think how it played out is it was less like when he came to pick me up for a date, you had a conversation with him. Me and, it was Bro- less me and like, Brody yeah, did. Yeah, you and Brody did. But you were in the room. Yeah. You were stressing. I was stressing because it's just, sometimes I just don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like your savage warrior comment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But overall, that moment. Overall, it was good. And it was even as much as I hated being in the room, it was good for me to see that you and Brody both cared Mm. enough to have that conversation. Yeah. So here's how this played out. So he wanted to take you on a date, one-on-one date before you made it official. Right. Right. And so you'd been on some group things, but I said, if he's going to take you, so then he has to come ask me. So he showed up to the house. I had Brody be a part of this moment. Mm-hmm. So Brody answers the door. He comes in, he sits down and I'm like, okay, you're taking my baby out. Mm-hmm. And this is how you treat her. Mm-hmm. You need to know that I'm here. You need to know that Brody's here. And this guy's 19, mm-hmm. Brody's 14, mm-hmm. right? But I also, it's like, you need to see, you're going to have daughters one day. Maybe you have sisters mm-hmm. and then Brody's going to be a dad and maybe have daughters one day. So I want mm-hmm. everybody to learn. And Brooklyn's standing right here. So she knows her dad and brother. This isn't a joke. And I said no, that multiple times. This isn't a joke, right? Mm-hmm. And this is serious. Although I might make jokes, right. might I make jokes, but not in that but scenario. In that scenario, it's serious. So that experience for you was my dad cares about me and my mm-hmm. brother cares about me. They care. Yeah. And how does that help you have security and leaving the house and having a relationship like? I think it makes him feel accountable for anything that happens. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, in past relationship, I couldn't really see like a difference in the way he took care of me and stuff. But in this one specifically, I think it really sat with him Mm. and it meant something to him. And I could see the way that he truly did show that he cared and took care of me after that well not that he didn't before but you know like after that moment there was a bit of a call right a call call. yeah 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 and i mean okay so that's good so let's fast forward right you're 17 so the reality is you could meet your husband in the next few years Mm -hmm. right if you haven't already so to what degree do you think that you are going to look to me and brody to set a tone to call to action or speak into the relationship of this future dude who's going to come along? I mean, I really do value all of your opinions on who I'm going to marry. And if there's a reason why you don't like, like a serious reason, not like, oh my gosh, he's dating my daughter. I don't like this dude. Not in that sense. But like if there's something off kind of thing, Mm -hmm. I'll listen to it. I'll take it into consideration. Same with if anybody did. If Presley told me that, same thing. Would take it into consideration and look at the relationship. But I think that I want you and Brody to be involved like you did when he took me out on a date and asked me to be his girlfriend and stuff. Like, I want you guys to be involved in my relationship in that sense, to a certain extent. What if we were to take him on a five day, you know, like jump him into the family kind of a thing? Mm, I don't know. If he's been around for five years and he's part of the family and we're engaged. Mm. Yeah. But until then, until it's for sure that we're going to get married. No. Yeah, yeah, I agree with my boyfriend in like no, 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 no. no. I don't want them to feel like they can earn it that easily. You know what I mean? He's got to, or he's got to earn it. Then let me ask this: How much? Okay, so if you're taking a hundred percent, what percentage is what I say? I'm like, hey, your fiance needs this, 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 and this. Okay, what percentage is? Hey, let me look for this, and then what percentage is just the way that I showed up for the last? Say you get engaged at age twenty three. Okay. So meaning it almost doesn't matter what I say, you're going to marry a dude who is going to be similar to me in the way that I provide for my family. Right. So uh, to what level does what I say even matter? I mean, it matters to a certain extent, but then at some point you have to trust me and what I see. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is how much of what you see is going to be based on how I showed up as a dad? Like, Oh, a lot of it. I think it's going to be a lot. The way you show up as a dad and a husband is a lot of what Like it's all been in a positive way for the most part. And so that's going to be something that I really look for because I'm not going to set my kids up for somebody who's going to be. So what's a quality that you want your husband to have that you wish I had? Mm -hmm. Maybe knowing what 
spontaneous things I want to do versus mm-hmm. what I don't want to do. Because mm. I know that mom brought something up yesterday. What did she like, She was like, I go on the hikes because you like the hikes. Yeah. I don't actually like hikes. You know, it's just like, you weren't aware of that. She didn't tell you that. But I Well, think yeah, I think I could pretty much. But like, you know, that. other things. So great example. So great. And today she asked to go to the beach after this. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I made the comment. I'm like, ah, what am I just going to go and like lay on the beach? So that's I realized that's what she wants to do. So we didn't plan to go so spontaneously after this. I'm going to go to the beach and mm-hmm. I'm going to hang out knowing that the comment she made yesterday was we could go do a hike today. But then she would be doing the thing that makes me feel like it's valuable, whereas mm-hmm. I don't feel like laying on the beach is valuable. But to her, it is. But to her, it is. So if to her, it is, then it's valuable to me. Right. So looking for a dude to figure that out before he's 40 sounds like is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, one of the challenges that I gave you, and I've seen a huge progress in this year, was you're stepping into your senior year. And you have freedom, right? Because you got your license when you're a junior. So you have a lot of freedom to go do things with your friends, Mm -hmm. jobs, the gym, whatever. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges I gave you was investing in sibling relationships. Yeah. So I've seen that. Obviously, it wasn't what I said. There had to be some sort of trigger for you that made you lean more into that. What was that thing? How did you make that important? And how would you answer that first? So... It was starting a senior year. This happened. It was with the whole family, really, of like realizing in a year from now, I'm going to be moving. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have the day-to-day time with my family. My friends, sorry for this quick interruption. However, somewhat sadly, I get more questions from dudes about fitness than I do about fatherhood. But what I found is that the fathers who start taking care of their fitness and nutrition end up finding fatherhood, marriage, work, and all other aspects of life come into a deeper clarity of purpose, enjoyment, and fulfillment. Now, I've partnered with Rise Up Kings to launch Ruck Fitness, a transformative program that is less focused on a six-pack in 90 days and more focused on you creating the habits, mindset, and lifestyle that will allow you to be a healthy asset to your family for decades. Come join me in a transformative journey to become the man you want to see in the mirror. Go check it out www.rebellandcreate.com forward slash fitness. Now back to the show. I'm going to have Thanksgiving break, Christmas break, spring break with my, and summer break with my family. But it's not going to be like going, I get to go to Violet's soccer game in the middle of November after school. And I never would go to her sports games, but now it's like, I'm not going to be able to do these things in a year. It's more important to me to show them that I care and want to show up for them so that they know that I care and love them when I'm not going to be able to next year, like show up for everything. Right. So I think wanting to make that connection just so that I know that we're going to always have that connection. It's been really important to me to like make that really strong this year. So how would you tell dads who are listening, who have older sibling to want to have a relationship with their younger sibling? How does a dad help their kids see that? It's not really something you can force. You can't, force your kids to hang out and want to be friends. Ultimately, like when you tell me to invite Violet with my friends, like I get frustrated. Mm -hmm. I have to invite her, want to do it on my own. This goes back to my decision-making. I have to make the decision to be happy with it. So for me personally, it can't be forced. It can be encouraged, but it can't be forced to have that relationship. It needs to be found on its own. And it's just like if I was at school, that a friendship with a person can't be forced. I have to make that friendship and want it myself. But then as a dad, do you think that for me, it's okay for me to go like, hey, yo, Brooklyn's going to be pissed. I'm going to tell her this five times over the course of a month and she's going to be irritated at me. But then one or two times she's going to end up doing it on her own. Mm -hmm. So does it take me saying something on occasion to plant the seed in your mind? Yes, I think on occasion. Yeah. And I think also it gets better as you get older. Maybe two years ago, I didn't want to hang out with my siblings every day my siblings, like whatever, like I wanted my friends. But I think as both siblings get older, there's that ability to want that friendship more. You know yep. what I'm Do you saying? think that I have, you know, I think it's been more conversations we've had lately, but do you think that I have, or mom has done a good job of letting you know how important your role is as the oldest sibling? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that it's put a little bit of pressure on me sometimes, but it also like, I think that it has helped me that like, Make sure I watch the decisions I make and the things that I do. 
it keeps me accountable for my actions, but also makes me feel important. Mm. So yeah, there's the pressure there, but then tell me about the letter you got on Christmas. Press date for Seeker Santa had me for our family and she wrote me a love letter and it was the sweetest thing I've ever gotten. Yeah, you both were just crying on the couch. Yeah. But that love letter wouldn't have happened if you hadn't have been a leader. Right. Which means that me as a dad, see, it's funny because I have to find the balance of pushing you and putting you in the stressful. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, you're setting a tone for everybody. Dude, hang out with them. Mm -hmm. So you're like, want to resist that because you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. But it it requires me to do that to some level, even though you don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. But then you get a letter saying like, you're my role model. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty big deal to get. Yeah. Talking about leadership, you have become quite the leader at school. Yeah. What do you equate that to? I mean, you just taught one of the Advents for yeah. chapel and you talked about leadership and having mm-hmm. anxiety, but that it didn't hold you back from mm-hmm. getting up there. So talk to me about leadership. leadership. Yeah. How did you step into a leadership role? I mean, it slowly started when I started school there. There's prayer groups, right? Mm-hmm. And so Audrey, last second, she was like, do you want to lead a prayer group with me? And I was like, sure, why not? So that was like my first step into leadership. And then slowly, I just started doing more within the spiritual development area and getting pushed more into, sometimes it felt like I was being forced to do something, but honestly, that's what I needed of like, okay, you're going to do all of the green room stuff for our gig week leaders. Okay, you're going to talk in chapel this, actually, that was my choice. But when I talked in chapel last Easter, Starting the prayer group leading kind of pushed me to keep taking a step forward in doing things. And I always knew that I was a leader and that like I wanted to be in student government and plan things. That's how I enjoy things is by planning things and being involved in them. So I think that I just needed that initial push to start my leadership. But it has helped me since then. I've grown a lot in my leadership abilities and what it looks like for me to lead in a Christian sense and all of that. So you also became the captain of the volleyball team. Yeah. Why did they select you to be captain of the volleyball team? They said that I was good at keeping myself positive when I messed up and when somebody else messed up and keeping a higher energy versus other people who bring down the energy when they get mad about something or frustrated, make make a mistake. And they just said that I have that leadership ability to be able to be the one on the court to lead everybody and not just be focused on myself. That during games, they've noticed that I'm less focused on myself, more focused on the improvement and the helping of other people. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And and I want to bring up something is the volleyball you almost didn't do. And that was probably a highlight for your senior year. Oh, for sure. And I want dads to hear this. There's some things you can't do as a dad. Mm -hmm. Who's the person that pushed that pressure on you to play volleyball? My coach. He put the pressure on me because I was not going to play because I got a new job and I was going to work. And then he was like, come to the meeting anyways. Just come check it out. We'll work something out. So I came to the meeting and I got there. I was talking to him. I was telling my work schedule. And he was like, if I could get you in two games this year into one practice a week, that's better than nothing. Basically, he told me, you're going to do something. You're not going to do nothing. Yeah. I couldn't really tell him no. It wasn't that he was being rude. It was that push in a really kind way of just like, no, it's happening. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. So I started and ended up playing every game, playing every, going every practice. Uh, being like the I, captain. Being the captain. Like, leading the team. Yeah. Loving on the team. Getting letters from them saying what an influence you were in their lives. Mm-hmm. And you guys weren't the best team. No, but we won. First time in like four years that our schools won. Girls volleyball has won a game. Yeah. Was this year we won twice. And you set a tone to build upon like the foundation, mm-hmm. right? So you know that you left a mark there, right? right. Girls who come in next year are going to have a better program because the way that you led there. Mm-hmm. And I have this great image of my head. It was 20, because you leveled up in your skill too, like 24, oh, yeah. 24, and you're serving. And a year ago, I'd have been nervous for you. And I, now yeah. I wasn't nervous. I'm like, yeah, she's got it. You know, it's all good. Yeah. I love that. But I, I bring this up because dads, one, if you can coach, This idea of fatherhood is not just your own kids, but if you can coach, you have such an influence on other kids. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that there are coaches, like it's important for your kids to have coaches because they'll speak into your kids' Mm -hmm. lives in ways that you cannot. As you're sharing this, I just have so many more stories coming to mind. It's funny, these little things that happen, but 
I think as a dad, you have opportunity to teach your kids. So I'm going to give you two stories and then you can kind of tell me your thoughts on them. I remember you were probably seventh, eighth, ninth grade, something like that. You wanted to get a coffee at Starbucks and I pulled into the drive. Do you know what I'm going to say? Yeah. What happened? You pulled up and you wanted me to go inside by myself to order and I freaked out and would not do it. But you did. Did I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think I did. I made you get out and go in. I did not want to do it. Now, as a dad, you have to know when your kid has the ability to do something. Mm -hmm. But at seventh grade, let's just choose seventh grade. You want that coffee. You get out of the car right now. And I remember us wrestling back and forth like, no, you're going to go in and you're going to order. I'm not going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. We just had an experience like that a couple weeks ago. Do you remember what it was? No. You were in the kitchen and you had to call the government about your social security card. Mm -hmm. What did you want when I walked in the kitchen? I wanted you to do it for me. Yes. Because you had just walked in. I was like, oh, perfect. He could do it for Mm -hmm. me. But you told me no. I told you no. And then you made the call. And then how pissed were you when you got the voice? What what did the thing say? (laughs) It said that the wait time was 27 minutes. So I was on hold. It was not 27. It was 35 minutes for on hold. And what did I say? You were like, I've done the same thing. This is what it's like. Okay. So then... What happened? But How did that day play it, out? That day I called, I asked my question, they answered it. And so then I got in my car with my friend and drove all the way across the island to Hilo and went to the social security office and applied for my new card all by myself. Filled out the paperwork alone, signed for it myself. I did have to ask, call mom and ask her where the office was because I got lost. But other than that, I did on my own. Yeah, but still, yes, you handled it. And I think that's that's the guide rail as a parent is to go, you can make the phone call. I know it's uncomfortable. I know mm-hmm. it sucks. I don't want to wait on there 20 minutes either, 30 minutes. To drive all the way there, it would be easier a lot of times as a parent just to do it for you. Mm-hmm. But now, like, you could go and do it. You could go handle this. And to call and ask for directions or whatever, that's not a cop-out. That's not a give-up, right. right? I would do the same thing you today for mom. Right? Yeah, I mean, or call a friend or whatever if you know somebody mm-hmm. knows. So it's those little things that can push and help you to see your potential. Yeah. Okay. Any stories coming to your mind as we're talking? I got a couple more questions for you. Mm, Not at the moment. Okay. So what would you like our relationship to look like in 10 years? So when you're 27? I hope we're close. What does that look like to you? I mean, how we are now, like I can come home and just sit at the counter and talk to you about whatever, anything. And that's good. Yeah. I hope you're involved in whatever's happening in my life then my family and kids or whatever it looks like at 27 I don't know but involved yeah I mean that's the big the big hope right is, mm-hmm. is I think that's the only thing that starts to get nervous at this stage is like for you to go live your life and then where is that going to be where mm-hmm. are you going to land now mm-hmm. I know you know you kids have said that now that we've moved to Hawaii oh yeah it's here for me this is home for me Hawaii yeah And I mean, that's the thing too, that I've started to talk more about with you kids is you could do life anywhere, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to live in some town with some school and some grocery store Mm -hmm. and some job. But how do you do that in the same town as your family so that you can do life together and Mm -hmm. not just see each other on Thanksgiving and Christmas, Mm -hmm. right? Any thoughts on that for you? No, I think that it's just very important to me that we do live in the same area and that you do have a good relationship with my kids and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So important. Is there any questions you have for me about life, relationship, fatherhood, anything that comes to mind? What was the pivotal moment, if there was one, that pushed you to want to really pursue the fatherhood and really want that connection with your kids and with your wife and all of that? Yeah. So I think there's a couple things. So my dad was really good at playing with Nick and I. Mm -hmm. So like, as far as, Hey, it's raining outside. Let's go look for worms in the gutter Mm -hmm. or go on a hike or get an RV and go camping. You know, my dad was a high school English teacher. Mm -hmm. He had summers and holidays off. So to me, that was normal to go camping, to go hiking, Mm -hmm. to go swimming. That was all really normal. And so I was a good dad when you guys were little, Mm -hmm. right? Like I was engaged and played and whatnot. But I think Um, As you guys got older, I always thought I was going to be a youth pastor. I always thought I was going to run this epic youth center. Mm -hmm. And two things happened in 2015. One is the youth center didn't work out like Mm -hmm. I thought it would. I remember dropping this. I remember this dad, this girl, his daughter was in our youth group. And I remember this dad like asking me, like, my daughter really needs help. Can you help her? 
And I remember I would have to pick her up and drop her off from her house and thinking, dude, you expect me as like a 25 year old to have this massive impact in your daughter's life. I see her two hours a week. You see her when she wakes up, when she goes to bed, like all these times. And I just realized the importance Mm -hmm. of a father's role in his kids' lives, especially of daughters. Right. And so at that time I was like, dude, my influence as a dad is significant. It's huge. So I Mm -hmm. wanted to influence dads. And I realized unless I am totally engaged with my kids, not a perfect dad, because that Mm -hmm. doesn't exist, but engaged with my kids, how can I tell other dads that that's important? So it's still a wrestle for me, right? Like it's easy for me to come out in the office and record a podcast Mm -hmm. and meet a dad and talk about how awesome it is to be a father. Mm -hmm. It's harder to be in the house with seven people with seven different opinions and seven lives they want to live. And so it's this constant wrestle of first and foremost, am I putting the time and effort into my family? Mm -hmm. And then am I doing my best to share that with the world, the positives and the struggles? So I'd say 2015 is when I started leaning in even more, Mm -hmm. doing more work on myself to realize that I needed to be able to grow as a human, Mm -hmm. which like I'm teaching you guys stuff all the time, like all the stuff that I'm learning, which I don't know. Is that exhausting? Not always, but sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts that come to mind about our relationship, our friendship, me and mom, siblings, Hawaii, work, college? I mean, not. We talk a lot. We talked a lot. So I mean, I don't know. We talk a lot about things too. I ask you questions all the time. Yeah. 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 It's good. We've been doing our senior videos, which Mm -hmm. we should make one right after this. Yeah. But that's been fun to connect on those senior Mm -hmm. videos. So what we're doing is just recording like a five minute video every couple of weeks, just like about where Brooklyn's at in her senior year. Which we haven't done once it's the semester ended. So it's time. We'll Mm -hmm. do it right now. Okay. I'm looking at my notes. I think that's it. I love you very much. I love you too. I'm super proud of you. You're an incredible leader. I know you're going to do fantastic. We've always wanted it to be like, if mom and I disappeared tomorrow, you kids would have each other and Mm -hmm. you would be able to do life. Mm -hmm. Obviously, nobody wants that to happen, but Mm -hmm. I also want you guys to be successful. And I guess this was one last thing that I had put was the importance of teaching you kids, especially girls, Mm -hmm. how to be good drivers. Yeah. And I think that that's critical for dads to invest that time Mm -hmm. in that sense of freedom, that sense of responsibility. So talk to me about that before we peace out of here. Are all your friends good drivers? Oh, no, no. And why not? They didn't get taught as well. I don't know. That's what I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was practicing driving for many years. Oh, yeah. And what I think when I am a good driver is like, I'm able to take my Jeep out to mocks. Yeah. Which is like four wheeling and mm-hmm. going off rocks and all this stuff. There's not many women that do that who've lived there their whole lives. There's not women that they're like, no, my husband, my boyfriend drives that. Yeah. My son drives us out. But I'm able to be like, okay, let's go. Me and all my girlfriends are able to go out there. I've had people be like, you drove out there. I have that ability, that skill, because I was taught to like that I'm independent and able to do those things on my own. I don't need to rely on somebody to do it for me. Yeah. And this is a conversation we've been having more lately about family, Mm -hmm. right? Because mom is a homemaker. Mom Mm -hmm. stays home. But we've also taught you girls to be very independent. Mm -hmm. So do you think as a 17 year old woman, do you think it's helpful? Yes, you want a husband to eventually take care of you and provide for you. But you also want to be able to I handle things. Right. So what's that what's that balance from your perspective? Well, I think that there's a time in my life where I'm going to be living on my own and I mean, I'm not going to get married right when I move out of here. Like I'm not going to be right? Like I'm going to have to take care of myself. Yeah. And so I think I need to know that independence of how to do things on my own and not rely on other people around me to do things for me. Yeah. Cuz anything could happen. If I relied on you to do things for me, I know a girl, her dad did everything for her, paid all of her bills, her taxes, dealt with all of her car stuff. Like she never had to deal with anything. Mm. And then he randomly passed away, unexpectedly, got sick and two days later passed away. She didn't know how to take care of herself at all. And I think that that's something that ultimately you have to be prepared for is like, they're not always going to be somebody who can take care of you. Yes, it's nice when somebody can, but you have to be able to do it on your own as well. Yeah. So to know how to take care of and provide 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing we're dancing with more, especially in our culture, is this idea of depending on each other, needing each other. Like, that's important. Me and mm-hmm. mom need each other. I don't want mom to always have an out, meaning like mm-hmm. she's like, I don't need this guy. I could just leave. Right. But I also don't want her to feel like, oh, I have to stay because if he's gone or I want to leave, I'm stuck. Right. So it's like having both. And I think it's important to be talking about those things. Mm-hmm. So, all right, my love, we are at an hour. I love you. I'm proud of you. you. You really are incredible. It's so cool to see each of your kids have such different personalities, see their mm-hmm. character. I know that you're going to do incredible by kind of spreading your wings. It makes me sad, but mm-hmm. also excited for you. And then yeah. I want to be a part of it, right? I want to be a part of it, but not dictate how you do it, you know, yeah. but be a part of whatever it is that you choose, support you. And then I just look forward to continuing to grow in our relationship. Love you. Love you. You know, as I sit back and reflect on the conversation Brooklyn and I had, I'm just overjoyed. The fact that we could sit and just talk and share insights and reflection and be open and transparent. As a parent, you know, there's going to be things when your kid's 30 that you learned about, like this is something that happened. But for the most part, I feel as though this connection, this relationship that we've worked on for the last 17 years, the fruit is right now, the fruit is seeing that I can sit and talk openly with my daughter and having a trust that is there that's not naive, that is mature. And the work that we've done is critical. And I hope that it inspires you dads from the day your daughter is born to start to cultivate communication, connection and relationship. And you know, I did hear a guy say one time, when your kid is whatever, three, four to 11, 12, you just want them to stop asking questions and talking so much. But then if you're constantly shutting them down, like just be quiet, stop asking questions. Then from 13 to, you know, 25, you're just wishing that they would come and ask you a question. So if we can remember that there's going to be a day that we really want them to come to us and ask questions, we can cultivate that relationship by having communication with them from that three, four, five up to that age 12, really, really create that with them. All right, my friends, if you are enjoying this podcast, please write a review. It helps spread the word that fatherhood matters. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to the Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.